Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Lysico of the Des Moines Register with Tyler Tashman of the Des Moines Register. Tyler, uh, Hawkeyes defeat Utah State 24-14 to in Saturday's season opener. Uh, let's get right to our Hawk Central uh, postgame podcast. I believe you were in Kinnick Stadium, were you not, two years ago, uh, covering Indiana at Iowa? Right? I was, yep. Two and years Iowa, I don't know if you remember this, but Iowa scored like, boom, in that Tyler game. Tyler yeah, Tyler Goodson around I do the right end. Yep. So yeah, uh, kind of relive that today. The Hawkeyes get off to a fast start and then Peter to the finish. But let's start. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the fast start or the lousy finish? I think uh, fast start, I guess. Uh, <laughs> maybe there's just the offense in general. Um, I think that that obviously being one of the big storylines heading into the season is, is what is the offense going to look like in, in the first two drives were like incredible in terms of how good Iowa looked. like it, it was, it felt like so much of what Iowa wasn't last season. Um, you know, it was fun. There was some creative play calling, open it up. Uh, you know, the, 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 the touchdown pass to Seth Anderson, and then you go for it on fourth down uh, and, and Cade McNamara uh, hooks up with his, uh, you know, former Michigan teammate Eric All. It's a nice little storyline. And then felt like it just kind of fell off of a cliff for, you know, the second and third quarters, just not much rhythm. I don't, and, and I wrote about this, and, and they finally got another touchdown in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't the, the greatest offensive performance. But I think that if, if this is what I was going to build off of, is if, if this is the foundation. Uh, I don't think it's a bad place to start. I think you could obviously kind of let past frustrations uh, seep into how you viewed this game. But you also have to understand that Cade McNamara hasn't played uh, a meaningful uh, snap of football in, uh, you know, almost a year. Uh, A lot of these, you know, receivers are new. There's a lot of new faces. Uh, Cade McNamara missed time leading up to the season. So they're still trying to figure it out. I'm not trying to like, you know, it wasn't perfect by any means, and, and I think there was definitely some reason for criticism, but I don't think, you know, I think there were some things you can pull, some positives you can pull away from from the, what the offense did. Well, let's just get right to that. I mean, the I would say the post-game uh, conversations with Iowa players and even with Kirk Ferentz were pretty positive. Uh, you know, Logan Jones, for example, you know, felt like the offensive line, you know, was a lot better than last year. I know some people listening to this are not going to agree with that. Uh, I'm really interested to look at look into that. Uh, DVR Monday is definitely going to take a harder look at the O-line play. It's always hard uh, from the press box, first blush, to, to do that. But I would say overall, the pass protection to me did look a lot better. Utah State was bringing a lot of pressure. They were loading the box. And that's why I was throwing so much, and that's why they had so much trouble uh, running the running. I mean, that's in part why I had so much trouble running the ball. But the run blocking did not seem to to go well. I think it was just a numbers game, is my guess. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I don't know if Iowa's scheme does does them a lot of favors in the run game. I still feel like there's something missing there. But uh, you said something, Tyler, that that I do want to kind of. Uh, you know, pin down in and focus on, which is something to build off of. And I feel like I feel like the the play of Cade McNamara. We'll get to his health. I felt like the play of Cade McNamara was refreshing. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I know you haven't 
sat through the last three years. Well, you kind of have actually <laughs> on video, but uh, you know, it, it, K brought a different dynamic to the quarterback position. And uh, I thought it was notable. He, he completed 13 of his first 17 passes. He took what the defense gave him. And frankly, he got burned by a couple drops near the end of the second quarter that would have given Iowa a 21 to three halftime lead. I mean, Nico Regini or LeSean Williams should have had easy touchdown catches. I'm not saying it was super easy for Nico, but it was an unbelievable throw, uh, perfectly thrown by Cade, dropped it. Iowa settles for three. So uh, to me, I felt like the Cade performance, again, injury aside, was the biggest reason for me to be optimistic. I'm less sold on the O-line. I didn't think the wide receivers did much, uh, but at least there was something there from that position. Yeah, and I think with Cade, after watching him for the first half, the the word that kind of came to mind to describe him was just poised. It, it didn't seem like he, he doesn't get rattled too easily. And remember, this is a guy that's played in the college football playoff semifinal. Like he's led Michigan to a, a, a Big Ten championship. Uh, you know, he, he has played – uh, you know, on the biggest, on the big stage. Um, but yeah, I know, I think that it just, and, and there were sometimes you could almost just see him going through his progressions, um, just kind of his patience. And um, I, I think, you know, especially those first two drives and you, you can tell when they get in, when they get in a rhythm. And I think part of it is being able to sustain that now, right? Like you kind of have these pieces of what the offense can do when it's hitting on all cylinders. And now it's about, uh, putting that together on a more consistent basis. And, and I will say too, Iowa had six guys catch passes and that's without Deontay Vines and Caleb Brown making a catch. So I think when you talk about hoping that there could be more playmakers around uh, Cade McNamara, uh, I felt like even though I think, you know, Luke Lachey probably had the most impressive day from a pass catcher, but um there were some sprinkled out of a guy having a catch here and there. And I felt like it was emblematic of the fact that you could have a lot of different guys contributing on any given day and that there will, there's the potential to be much better playmakers on the offensive side of the ball for Iowa than there was last season. That's if people stay healthy. Um, but the, you know, I thought the running game and this might be kind of a product of the offensive line. I thought the running game was underwhelming. Uh, you know, Caleb Johnson um, and LaShawn Williams, it didn't feel like they had a lot of favors done for them in terms of holes opening up, you know, I, um, so you know, I don't know how much to, to pin on the offensive line. I think a lot of the, you know, kind of how, how this offense, how far this offense goes is going to be determined by the offensive line um, because not being able to kind of push around a, you know, a, a non-power five D line. And they were bringing some interest, intricate schemes, but not being able to kind of have their way uh, was a little bit concerning. I felt like this was a great opportunity for the offensive line to kind of really impose itself and uh, gain some confidence. And I didn't feel like we had a, you know, a resounding statement um, with that. So. No, I put this, uh, I put a line in my story and, uh, you know, I, no, uh, no apology necessary if none of you made it to this point. But uh, put a line in, in my thoughts column uh, that Brian Ferentz always says, you need to be able to run the football when everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run the football. And Iowa absolutely could not do that. They had 13 carries for 11 yards in the fourth quarter. That's when you wanted to put the game away, 
run a four minute offense type thing. Uh, you know, even with Deacon Hill in the game, uh, which he he ran the final three series, and I don't think they got a first down with him in the game. Like you need to be able to run the ball there, and they couldn't. And that's the final would have been like twenty four to six almost for sure if Iowa could have done anything in the run game late. So uh, definitely a concern there. Um, you know, I, you know, Nico uh, did make a big catch later in the game. So I know I mentioned the drop, but uh, he had he and Lachey, you know, had some big second half catches to kind of uh, boost uh, the offense on third down. So, um, you know, there was uh, I thought if, if I was going to grade like who the most impressive players of the day were, I would say, you know, Lachey, McNamara, probably one, two, at least on offense. And then, um, you know, McNamara finishes uh, 17 of 30 for 191. And he was victimized by a couple drops, but he also kind of took what was there. He didn't try to overdo it. Iowa committed no turnovers. Um, so that was good. But uh, see, Caleb Johnson, 19 carries, 63 yards. And if you had Caden Weechin as Iowa's second leading rusher, you would be correct. Three carries for 22 yards. And that included a minus five run in there. So uh, LeSean Williams uh, did not play in the second half. That was due to uh, cramps, heat-related issues. Same with Xavier Wampa did not play late. Those those two guys will be okay. Just had cramps late. Kona Entringer uh, replaced Xavier. So, uh uh, not much more in offense, honestly. I mean, I guess uh, last thing I'll say is I was happy for Seth Anderson. Uh, pretty cool moment to transfer to Iowa and then get a touchdown catch on second play of your Hawkeye career. <laughs> um, I thought the transfers really shined today um, pretty much throughout. I mean, I would like to see Caleb, Caleb get a target here or there, but uh, just wasn't in the cards today. But maybe that's something they can keep in their hip pocket names next week. Yeah, and well, you mentioned Xavier, and that that pick that he had was, um, you know, it, it was impressive, and it felt like Iowa's defense, like there were a few missed chances where it felt like they were going to kind of finally break through. And, and I think Cooper DeGene had one that he, you know, could have been a pick. Jay Higgins, um, but that that was a really good play to, you know, the the, the break that he made on the ball um, to get Iowa the football back. But you know, I'm curious just how concerned you are with. Iowa's defense. I mean, they, they, they weren't, I think, as dominant as they were at this point last season. And um, you know, one thing that that because of how spread Utah State was playing was that it was either Nick Jackson or Jay Higgins, both linebackers, were basically having to cover wide receivers on the perimeter. So, like that, that's a really tough ask because uh, obviously the wide receivers are going to be much faster. So I think that kind of created some mismatches and some trouble. And, um, and I, but speaking of Jay Higgins, he, he played a really good game. Uh, I think, you know, he had the most tackles on, uh, you know, Iowa's defense by a wide margin and also Deshaun Lee, look, Jamari Harris uh, was out this week and, and Kirk Ferentz said he'll also be out next week uh, against Iowa state. Uh, but I thought Deshaun uh, Lee did a good job of filling in. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a redshirt freshman. So this was, um, you know, really, really meaningful experience for him. I thought he did a really good job, uh, you know, filling in and, um, you know, likely going to be needing him again next week as well at uh, Iowa State. So um, I thought those were kind of a couple of the key, key highlight guys on defense, but, uh, it did feel like they, you know, I was surprised by some of the headway that Utah State was able to make. It. A lot of times I would, you know, you were mentioning how Iowa defense is very bend, not break. Uh, but it felt like 
it felt like they were able to kind of make more progress than what I was expecting. It felt like kind of that the fast tempo and, um, you know, really spread was able to uh, cause some issues for, for Iowa's defense. So um, just kind of what, what are your thoughts on that? And, uh, you know, are you concerned at all, you know, based on what you saw? Not really concerned, I would say. Uh, you know, the only touchdown of the game for Utah State was a three-play, seventy-yard drive that took thirty-one seconds against Iowa's backups. I mean, they they threw the backups in there up twenty-four-six with a couple minutes to go, and that's when they went down the field. There was a late hit involved there. Uh, you know, if Iowa kept the starters in, if or if the offense even just held the ball a little bit, I mean, it would have been a a twenty-four to six final. And uh, you know, they dropped a couple interceptions. Uh, Xavier, I'm sorry, uh, Jay Higgins and and Cooper Jean both had a shot at some picks and then Deshaun Lee actually had a pick and then was wiped out by an offside. So, so yeah, um, I'm glad you mentioned Deshaun. I thought he was one of the stars on defense. Uh, I know you're put, uh, planning maybe a piece on him later than, you know, in the coming days here, but uh, yeah, he will play next week because Jamari is out with a two game gambling suspension as we reported earlier today. And uh, Chris Reams is the other Hawkeye facing uh, the gambling suspension, but that's not really a factor. So uh, I wouldn't worry about that too much. And that is it. I mean, besides Noah Shannon. So uh, Iowa kind of gets out of the gambling thing. Now uh, we move ahead with the guys that they have. And will they have Cade McNamara next week? Obviously. Um, yeah. I, you know, he's, he's going to play, <laughs> you know, he made, they made the decision to get him out of the game. Uh, well, with eight, 24 to go, something like that. And, uh, Gave it to Deacon Hill and, you know, just just did not do much. And so that's that's where I am, Tyler. And my my postgame column, which just posted. So please check that out because I actually I was actually pretty happy with that one. I didn't love my thoughts column that much, but I like the Cade column because it reminded me of C.J. Beathard in 2015. Um, what you know, what they went through that season with him being injured the last half of the year, like, you know, barely getting to game times, uh, not getting a ton of practice reps. Uh, he was a first-year starter as well, um, even though he had been in the program. So they kind of had to just make it happen week to week. And I just feel like we're going to be on injury watch or like, hey, how you feel? He's going to get tired of these questions. We're going to get tired of asking him. Fans are going to roll their eyes and and you know want updates on every single day. But it's just going to be he's going to be injured, I think, until he's not. And I just don't there's just not time to heal at this point. <laughs> so, cause he clearly re-aggravated today. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He didn't really say much about that, but that's absolutely what happened out there. So you just hope that he gets, you hope that he's be able to make it to game time. He's hoping you hope for his sake, he's able to do some of the things that you know he can do because he, he wasn't able to move as, as well as he could. I would say he probably looked maybe 75% be my guess today. So not ideal, not ideal for the Hawkeye offense. And that's why I think how the importance of Iowa's offensive line and just protecting them, because it feels like we're only one game into the season, but it, it feels like so much is on the shoulders of whether Kate is just able to stay healthy because uh, behind him, you just, you know, you, you, you feel like you have a lot of uncertainty with, with Deacon Hill and, and not having a lot of game experience. Uh, Joe Labus missed a lot of, uh, you know, the lead up to the, to this season, um, you know, he was he was out there warming up and stuff today, but um, it just feels like, you know, it, it might end up being a situation of like last season where you don't, you know, just the real inconsistency of quarterback play if Cade McNamara isn't healthy. So I think 
right now, maybe the number one important thing in Iowa's season is keeping him healthy. And that means that uh, Iowa's offensive line, which was already kind of a big storyline heading into the season, becomes even more important. So, yeah, I, th- I just think, you know, I, like like you said, I, w- I wasn't really overly – I wasn't overwhelmingly impressed by the offensive line today. But I think it's kind of – you could put that in a similar – uh, perspective of the offense of like if, if this is if this unit if this is the foundation that they're going to get better on then I don't think this is a horrible starting point but if this is going to be the start you know of a line of inconsistent performances or struggles or you know an inability to run the ball then I then I think that that causes a lot more concern. Yeah, I think what you wanted to see if you're a fan today is the type of rushing game that Wisconsin had in a 38 to 17 win against Buffalo. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, runs 35 times for 297 yards <laughs> in that game with some big plays in there, but still. Uh, and then Tanner Mordecai, it was just kind of so-so passing 22 to 29, 182. But that's kind of who you're comparing yourself in the Big Ten West. So. It's just uh, you just need to be able to run the ball. So it is that is definitely the number one concern. And I feel like that is reflected in the three word headlines. I feel like the the tone of these headlines are mostly negative and mostly surround the offense. So we'll just pick out some of these and, and react to them. Uh, Hawks 22 says very, very underwhelming. Uh, Sean Welsh says typical first game. Uh a CR Hawk fan, promising first quarter, and then optimistic pessimist says not feeling good. So that's kind of a little sampling of some of the early days. And I'll just throw one other one in here just for a laugh. Uh, from Hollywood Hoser says Nebraska still sucks. Uh, you no, know, I mean I I get the frustration, and, and look, obviously, this is my first game you know covering on the beach so I you know I I I haven't been around for the ride as long uh as people watching and I understand you know the frustration kind of seeping over from from past seasons and um but again I I think that there's a lot of new pieces on this offense if we're having this exact same conversation after the sixth game of the season then I think that there's some major red flags and uh, you know, it's a it's a whole different kind of conversation, but a lot of new faces. Cade McNamara is still kind of, I think, getting uh, getting himself acclimated back to playing. Um, I think there was enough there was enough flashes to me, especially those first two drives, especially with a couple of the plays that Luke Lachey made and in the fourth quarter touchdown drive that that set up the Caleb Johnson touchdown run were um, just huge. Um, but I think that there was enough. I saw enough to at least strike a little bit of optimism and, and not be told. Because look, and, and, and a reminder of where Iowa was at this time last season, right? They they won seven to three uh, without scoring a touchdown. It took them to game two to score a touchdown. Today it took them a total of two offensive plays. So um, I just think that you know it it's important to kind of put things into perspective. I don't think everything was great. I don't think everything was terrible. Um, But I think it's something that you can, it's something that they can kind of build off of uh, moving forward. Yeah. uh, A lot of questions or a lot of headlines of 301 to go. So the drive for 325, uh, you know, 
not on pace as of right now for Brian Ferentz to uh, keep his job as OC. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of people feeling worried in the three-word headlines. Really happy to hear from our, our friend uh, Kennington Smith down, uh, who was getting ready to cover Alabama. Chimed in with some three-word headlines of his own. Said, and I like all these, so I'm going to give Kennington all of these uh, because he, you know, spent two years on the beat. He said 24 is poetic, and it really is, isn't it? It's like. Uh, didn't even get to 25 in the opener. Just one short, one point short. Uh, tight end university, very good. Uh, that Hawkeyes, you know, 10 catches for 88 yards among the tight ends. Cade drop dimes, drops dimes, and then uh, Cyhawk questions loom. So let's start there, Tyler, with the Cyhawk questions. Uh, Iowa State takes care of business against you and I. Got an early pick six uh, to win that game, uh, 30 to nine. Uh, so they, you know, all the people putting money on you and I were. Uh, incorrect. <laughs> uh, the, the Cyclones took care of business over there in Ames. So, uh, you know, that team looks to be, you know, ready to go. And uh, Will I will be ready for, for that challenge next Saturday. I know uh, that'll be your first experience there, but this is a really, really big game. And uh, uh, I'm really curious to see how Iowa handles this week. And it feels like really it's going to be the first major kind of adversity that I will, will face playing on the road. I, I know uh, it almost feels like, uh, you know, a little preview of, of what they'll have to face um, at Penn State. I've never been to um, Iowa State for a football game, so I, I, I'm guessing it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Um, but it, it feels like this is – and actually Cade McNamara said after today that he thought it was – it wasn't a – you know, it wasn't a bad thing that they struggled offensively a little bit today because it was good for this being a new group to face some adversity. And, and it feels like – as a team that that playing on the road in what's going to be a tough environment um, against a rival and, and a team that they lost to at home last season, uh, it feels like this is going to be a, a good kind of early litmus test of of where this team is, how how far they are away from uh, reaching kind of you know getting back to the Big Ten title. How much how much do they have to develop to get to that level? Um, it feels like playing in a tough atmosphere. How is Cade McNamara going to respond? How is the offense going to respond? How is you know how is the defense going to play against uh, better competition? It feels like um, you know the Utah State game was a, a nice kind of preview into next weekend, and I think that we're going to find out you know a lot about how Iowa handles adversity and and, and how far along they are uh, at this point in the season already. Yeah, it's going to be a, a busy week. It's a holiday week, I know, but uh, you know our work uh, moves forward, moves on. You know, we don't need to talk too much more about this Utah State game. Uh, Iowa proves to want to know. That's the that's the important thing. And uh, you know, it's. I think people would have much rather had a really good feeling about uh, where this offense was headed, but uh, right now it's just you got to wait and see. But uh, like you said, Tyler, a little bit better than last year. Uh, I, I think they've got the the right quarterback in place and uh you know excited to just see uh, you know just from a uh you know storytelling perspective you know where this goes from here because if you can beat iowa state and you know it's Cade's right like the adversity they faced is going to be good for them next week now you you would have liked to seen dominance right but it will be good for them they're not going to they're definitely not going to go into this week feeling overconfident <laughs> by any means right so uh, I think that'll be good for them, and I think they're going to be ready to go into Ames and and uh, 
you know, give it their best shot. Cause if they can steal that one, then you get Western Michigan here. Maybe you can breathe a little bit and then, uh, you know, take your shot in happy Valley. So, uh, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, tell, tell the folks what you're writing, what you're working on. You got a mailbag uh, on the way as well. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I basically just wrote about the offense and I kind of gave some of my thoughts verbally of what I wrote there. So um, I guess the last thing I would add is I just I'm interested to actually see how how Utah State season ends up. because I, I was actually yeah. impressed by them. I thought um, given they almost, had, they almost had 60 newcomers, uh, I thought that they. They played well. I thought they changed up looks on defense with some uh, a variety of looks. I thought offensively their uh, up-tempo uh, could give teams some trouble. So I'm curious to actually to kind of see, looking back on this game, uh, if this is going to end up being one where, you know, you look at it as, an, uh, you know, a better, better win than you would have thought because of, you know, a season that Utah State might end up having. Yeah, and uh, just let me leave everyone on one final decent stat, okay? Uh, this is from Pro Football Focus. On third and fourth down today, Cade McNamara, 9 for 12, 118 yards, one touchdown, 133.3 passer rating with three completions on uh, deep throws, 20-plus yards downfield. So that is a, you know, again, third downs were such a problem last year. Red zone touchdown percentage, such a problem, except for the drops, again, that counts, I know, but not the quarterback's fault. They would have been perfect in terms of converting touchdowns uh, when they were down there. So uh, I think there's there's a little bit to build off of, and uh, that's uh, that's what we'll go with. So anyway, for Tyler Tashman, this is Chad Lysico. We're going to sign off, get out of Kinnick Stadium, let you guys enjoy the rest of your week, enjoy some college football tonight, and uh, we will talk to you Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in.